Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fair Service, and here, here we are talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. What a wild season it's already been. Uh, the, the time dilation here in uh, the COVID world means that everything is happening at once and also has happened across a span of 60 games and or 60 years. I can't even remember the season where that weekend that they, that they sat in Washington and didn't play feels like it was 100 years ago. But the Blue Jays are here having played, I don't know, what, 25 games or something? The season's like a third of the way over. God only knows what's going on. I don't know what's going on, so I need to talk to the people who do know what's going on. And the man who always knows what's going on. And he joins me, as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, the Baltimore Orioles are, uh, are good for what ails you. They are. They are. I, I, I feel ripped off. I developed an affinity for a, a plucky Orioles center fielder named Austin Hayes, who uh, you may remember from robbing a home run from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Mm-hmm. Uh, good player. Been playing with he was playing with a broken rib, and then he was hurt. So I didn't even get to watch him with the Orioles. Which um, baseball games these days are a, a bit of a slog um, in general across the league. Even the good teams are kind of shitty to watch. So, uh, which is what you want to hear. Uh, Ninety-five seconds into a podcast, and we're like, you know what sucks? Baseball. <laughs> but you know what doesn't suck when we are joined by a little friend of the show, our uh, our brother in arms. I don't know what else to say, uh, Mr. Andrew Zuber. Zoops, thank you for joining us. Always, it's always my pleasure. It's a distinct honor to be among those considered uh, with at least an hour and a half of notice to be on the show. <laughs> it, it always feels so good. Now we are recording one day uh, earlier than usual this week, which means that all everything is all out of sync, all out of whack. So ordinarily, we give you as many as one hundred minutes before we ask you <laughs> to be our cool down de- guest. <laughs> who am I? Who am I following? I need to know. Uh, Caitlin, so we've been on we've been on the old old reliable tour this this month, actually. Right, I, I'm the Pearson to her Ryu. Well, hopefully that goes a little bit sure. better than uh, things have been lately. Then, yeah. <laughs> you were more of the Tanner Rourke. Uh, wow. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. Let me back that up. <laughs> yeah, come I'm on. I'm gonna say Pearson's perfect because I I throw the fastball and sometimes you have no idea where it's gonna be. <laughs> well, no. See, I was thinking the other way. You are a, uh, a known commodity. You are a high floor guest. <laughs> high floor guest on this show, which is, of course, called Birds All Day, in which we do talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, which we do most of the time pretend to enjoy baseball. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If it's on Spotify, if it's on Apple Podcasts, if it's on Stitcher or Overcast or wherever. Subscribe. You don't have to be a subscriber to The Athletic to do so. It's free for everybody. So if you want to hear us talking to old reliables, our old friends and new, you can do that. And we thank you. If you have been doing that, if you're new this season, if you're new this week, if you've been listening to us from from 100 years ago, um, I got a really nice uh, direct message from someone who was talking about how they've been listening to us uh, for what's going almost uh, 10 full years now, which is crazy. And it means a lot to me that people have stuck with us because we're so bad at this that they are just slogging along (laughs) with us like we're watching all watching the Blue Jays together is what how it feels at times to me. So thank you, everybody, for listening and for subscribing to the show if you do. And if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, I think you should do that. That way you can get everything that that Stoughton writes. You can read everything that Caitlin, our guest from last week, writes. You can read everything what uh, what's going on with the Raptors, who are in the middle of an exciting playoff run. There's so much going on around baseball, around the world, 
of sports now. It's all happening at once. So if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, do that, and then you can read the best that there is to read and listen to other fun podcasts like this one. But anyway, baseball. Boy, oh boy. We have a high floor guest this week in the Zoobs, somebody who is a not, is a known commodity. He is not, I would not go as far as to say he's an innings eater because that has a negative connotation, but high floor, high floor. We know you're not going to come up here and stink up the joint. You know, <laughs> yeah. the one that got half thrown in the garbage maybe speaks just to the opposite of that. <laughs> Listen, the, the floor is only high relative to the floor itself. So right. you are a high floor, but when there is an enormous crater below you, what can you do? What can you do? The world's tallest ladder at the bottom of the ocean still ain't reaching the stars, my friend. <laughs> and, and you are not the Blue Jays, which is to say, because the Blue Jays do not strike me as a high floor team, which is anyone who has watched them this year would attest that there is, a, at times appears to be no floor. There is no depth to which they cannot sink. And yet here we are. Um, on here in middle, the middle, how is it already the middle of August? And the Blue Jays are in this twisted COVID-19 world, um, within spitting distance. Uh, they could be in, in the playoff contention. How is this even happening? So how, how is this a conversation that we're able to have credibly in 2020 about the Blue Jays who we watched who last week I was like, wow, this team is dog shit. Um, and now it's like, well, they're half game out of the playoffs. <laughs> they're one game under 500, and they're a game behind the Orioles, who are much, much worse. Much worse. How is this happening? Uh, well, they did add a bunch of playoff spots, which obviously uh, changed things. And as you mentioned, you know, the 60-game season, it's uh, it's bonkos, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know. You get, you get a good outing from Ryu every week, <laughs> you know, once every five days, and... Then there are other guys, too. And, uh, you know, you just don't have to be very good to be in the playoff picture this year. Uh, it's kind of fun, but it's also maddening because usually, you know, uh, a, a team that's, like, on its way to the playoffs, uh, pretty good. <laughs> you're not, like, you're not like waiting for, I don't know, you're waiting for good things to happen when you watch games, right? It's not like, oh, how is this all just going to completely unravel? Which, uh, you know, the Jays seem to have moved past that a little bit. I might say, uh, I'm sure it can come roaring back at any moment, but, uh, for the time being, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they, they got some, they got some guys. Randall Gritchick apparently has decided to be good. So that's a, that's a smart move on his part. Uh, I, but you I, do, I don't you know. Have they're, to, five, you, they're a 500 you, you, team, they, you know, whatever. You can only support Randall Gritchick's decision to be good. His decision to let the ball travel, which I guess is the buzzword du jour mm -hmm. for Randall Gritchick. And he just apparently hits home runs all the time. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, who I am obviously very excited about his, him having getting off to a great start to the season. And then he has a couple games where it's regular. I'm like, Oh, okay. Of course, this is what's going to happen now. Like he remains Teoscar Hernandez and then he keeps hitting again. It's, um, it's too good to be true. Well, he but has the same to, time, to offset the, the fielding errors that he keeps making. Don't forget the running ones as well. So <laughs> true. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> the whole package. Uh, but yeah, at the, it's, it's such a twisted world because the Blue Jays are really not a good baseball team, but they don't have to be better than any other good baseball teams to make the playoffs. The season's short, so people could still come on and catch fire, but I feel as though almost all the baseball teams are bad, the bad ones especially. So it's just kind of like be better than the worst of the bad. And then you're in the playoffs, which is like cheating, but still, let's go. 
because uh, I don't know, Zoobs, what do you think? Like, is this are they are they truly a bad team, or are they just uh, have they been flummoxed by bad luck and mistimed badness? You you get to say one of these two things. You can't say both. You can't start this off by saying the Jays are contending for a playoff spot and say. The Jays have been worse than the Orioles. You're not allowed to make both of those points. <laughs> that's not – come on. You have to pick a lane. Um, the scary part is – the scary part for me is that uh, at 9 and 11, you feel like they should have won way more games already. And Despite looking at them and being like this is a bad team, I think it's eight times. They've, they've been through seven where they're either ahead or tied. So it's like – uh, that they that they ended up losing those games. Pardon me. Eight, like eight of their eleven losses, they were they were in the game, like either tied or or leading. So you look at it and you go, not a very good team, but also you know just the inability to field and run the bases basically uh, and close out any game at all away from away from being pretty good. It is uh, a sign of just like this is how it's designed to be. You know that this sort of is the whole point. Is that a team could have played 20 games and also be almost done the season and also be one of the worst teams in the league and also be in contention. Every, every team, as you said, every team is bad, uh, which also means every team is good, which means nothing really matters ex- <laughs> except for like the Yankees and the Dodge and the Dodgers. And that's like, and I guess Oakland because of, and the of twins. course, the twins yeah. are good. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, this is the point. This is the by design that you're, they're able to say, uh, the Jays have been about as good as the Tigers. And the Jays might make the playoffs. Those are both you're both things you can say, uh, and both things that I guess you would have understood coming into the year. But uh, yeah, this is this is the this is the feature, not the bug, as they say. The whole point is that Randall Gritchick has to have one good week, and Bo Bichette has one good week, and somebody else has one good week. Teoscar has a good week, and 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 there you go. That's the whole season so far. So this is sort of the point. Uh, that it doesn't really matter. It's a little bit of whose line is anyway rules, uh, right now. And, and, you know, the question for me is a guy like Teoscar is a perfect example is if you're evaluating this at the end of the year and you see like, man, he had a lights out first three weeks and then he had two weeks where he was just sort of regular old Teoscar. Like, how are you really going to, what part of this are you going to believe when you're, when you're evaluating any of these guys long term? I think that. To me, is what makes this season uh, even more interesting. Beyond just you know a really bad team is going to make the playoffs in each league. That that's a good point because they're they're literally being lied to by your own eyes constantly this season. Because as you said, oh, the Blue Jays have lost eight games or whatever that they of, of their eleven losses, they're ten and eleven after today's victory. Um, that they could have won. That they had they were tied or, clo- or or up late. And, and that's like, oh, wow, they could have, you know, they could, this could look completely different. But at the same time, the bullpen is like the only real strength of the team. <laughs> the bullpen yeah. is the strength of the team and they're completely falling down on the job, uh, which is so weird because if you wanted to list who are the best performers on the Blue Jays this year, it's a, all a list of relievers. It's like, well, Jordan Romano, Ryan Baraki, AJ Cole, uh, you know, Anthony Bass, like, in in uh, in isolation, they've all been great. But then the one moment where maybe you know Bass gives up a three run home run or whatever to uh, Francisco Cervelli, whatever it was, uh, that it just doesn't add up to uh, a, a lot. It could add up to more. Um, but at the same time, it's it's I, I think okay, well yeah, you can dismiss. If you're trying to figure out what Teoscar is, people are like he's the next Jose Bautista, which is not true. But you can you're trying to 
well, what's the, I mean, this mean? And in some ways I'm like, wow, the, the schedule's so weird uh, that it's hard to say that, you know, the league is, is not necessarily going to adjust, but it's like they're playing the same teams all the time. So they're going to kind of figure it out, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the scouting report is when we played them last week and next week, you know, just because they're always, they're already playing the same people. They're not playing against so, uh, so many other squads. I, I don't even know. It, it Nothing means anything. So yeah, just like, I'd love to say enjoy the ride, but it has not always been the most enjoyable ride. So it's it's a little bit <laughs> tough to like square that in my head. I don't know. Am I crazy? Sometimes it's just really not great to watch. This is I could go off on a totally totally different direction, which is probably related to another conversation that we're going to have this year or this week, which is just like baseball in 2020 sucks in a lot of ways. It can be really unappealing to watch. The game has changed. I was talking about this today, and there was an article that Bloomberg put out about how the pace of play has changed. And it's like, it's it, you can try to trick up the rules and say like, hey, we're only going to allow, you know, three batters and this and that. But it's just like the games are slow because of the, they don't – every pitch matters and they throw breaking balls and every count seems to run full and two and two. It's just – it's the, the way the game is played is so different. It just doesn't make for – as. A, when the teams are bad or when it's a list running list of relievers, I don't know. It's, it can suck. And like, even like, even that game, the, the eight run comeback that, that was for not that because there's no fans in the stand, it's not exciting. It's just like, oh, this is still going on, huh? <laughs> but, but I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Are you feeling excitement then, Zoobs? You could, you, you, you get to be like the impartial, vo- the impartial voice of the fan in this case in some way. So like, is it fun? Are you having fun? 2020 Blue Jays are certainly not fun. That is, they certainly like they they've managed to get away every day where there's something that you just like, oh, what am I doing with my time? Uh, almost almost at least once a game, <laughs> once a game, something will happen where you're just like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Uh, I think you're you're probably pretty close to spot on with um, a bit of the stylistic uh, element to this, and and no fans certainly only only exacerbates that problem. Um, the games are definitely too long. Like, the, like the Jays are playing uninteresting games that last four hours, like easily now. It, it's 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 mundane. It's routine, uh, and, and it's just really slow. There's a lot of. I think your point to counts really seem to run full is is well taken. I think you see a lot more of of hitters sort of zoning in on exactly one thing and waiting for that exact one thing. And if that takes Seven pitches for that to get there. That's what they, that's what they look for, and that's what they swing out of their shoes to hit. No, I I think I think we we you know when you look back at at how we got to this point and the way the game is played, I think we had a bunch of small signifiers that we were sort of going down a, a path of of a of a less out like a, a more of a you know three true outcome baseball really has, has really taken over uh, in a lot of ways, and I think we. Saw those things happen one by one, and now that we've arrived at it, uh, it, it's hard to see a way that you can reverse course that is successful for anybody. It, it's not even like an, I don't know, ideological thing. I mean, I, I, I was talking about it with someone today, um, again, as I shared that, that Bloomberg, Bloomberg story, and then I looked it up and I found that uh, in hitters' counts, when pitchers are behind, they in 2008, they threw about 11% of their pitches were uh Breaking balls are off speed, like change ups, curveballs, sliders, whatever. In 2020 so far, it's 14%. So it's like, it's increased significantly. This is the first season that according to this type of de- data that, um, uh, fastballs are less than 50% of the, of the total pitches thrown. 
where you know it's it's just they don't guys don't give in and it, and they miss with those pitches a lot which is fine because you know you you are determined not to get beat because everybody's swinging for for a home run all the time and i don't know what the fix is but it it can make for for again like just not a super enjoyable um product and when the team is not super great or when they're not playing well or when you're left with these head scratching strategic decisions, which again is probably a bit of a spoiler for what something else we're going to talk about later on. But, uh, it's just a, it's an odd mix. Uh, and the no fans definitely don't help because it, it being a bloop and a blast being like a, that's kind of like a hopeful, like, Hey, maybe just hang on, hang on to hope with a bloop and a blast. Now it's like, that's the entire point of the game. Like, well, that's how, that's how we're going to score our runs. And I mean, you see, I, Again, RBIs don't necessarily mean anything, but it's like, oh, a guy comes up and it's like, he's got two home runs and four RBIs. I'm like, that doesn't bode well for that. <laughs> that doesn't make for a lot of exciting <laughs> other than the home run itself being exciting. But I don't know. So are we, are we out to lunch? What are you, are we, are we, uh, old men now? Like whining <laughs> about the state of the game? Uh, no, I, no, I get it. I feel it. I mean, it's definitely felt, uh, more powerful because the Blue Jays have had so many unwatchable games, even the ones that they've been in, which have been many, as we just as we discussed. Uh, yeah, they've just been a real frustrating team. Uh, but around the league, I think I, I think it's true. I mean, I think the pace of play stuff has uh, has obviously not done what it's intended to do, uh, just because there's so many, you know, like you, like you're saying, just the fundamental changes to the way that the game is getting played. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what you do about it, uh, and I think you're absolutely right. The fans not being there, I mean that just just that atmosphere is enormous, and the stupid fake crowd noise, or even worse, the like the fake fans on the Fox telecasts or whatever it is uh, that just that don't react when a when a home run gets like hit right into the middle of the of a of a quote unquote crowd. Like, I mean. Give me a break. That does. That's not. That's not adding back in the atmosphere of like real live humans. Uh, but I, I. I don't know. I don't know. It's the, the season is just so weird, and we're also you know they had, they had such a the you know they had the big break uh, where you know they didn't really have a second spring training in full, so it's still maybe more understandable why it's like sloppy and stupid, and that's certainly why we've seen especially earlier. You know, we see the Blue Jays make a lot of pitching changes. I think that's obviously been a thing as well, and. Uh, but yeah, you know the three batter rule is does is not just not doing anything, and and all the little pace play stuff that they've done. The only thing that's actually worked a little bit is, you know, we're having seven inning double, games on double header days and, and the stupid tenth inning rule, which uh, I got to tell you, I don't hate because uh, it, it certainly does that. That has you know eliminated the you know the fifteen inning game kind of thing, which some people enjoy, but I must admit I don't really. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I think it should get better, but it is. It's just it's all so weird, and also these guys are just sort of zombies walking through, you know, from ballpark to hotel, and and that's it. You know, they're I I don't know. It's it's just such a weird situation. It's absolutely nothing natural, as we understand the experience of watching baseball on television or going to the games. Uh, it is and it, it it has become. Sort of alien. And then I also think that the sort of upstairs, downstairs vibe that we talked about where if you are a Dodgers fan, most of the time you're watching the Dodgers kick the living shit out of somebody. It's like, oh, the only thing it's like, how many home runs is Mookie Betts going to hit today? Those are the only like really things you can wonder about going in. It's like, we're going to win, but by how much and, and whom 
Well, like, is Cody Bellinger going to swing out of his shoes and like, like have his arm come clean off of his body that will go farther than the 450 foot home run he hits? Uh, but that's, that's it. But, and then if you're a bad team, like if you're the, the Mariners, you're like, the Mariners, the, the twisted thing is the Mariners I find to be fun. Like they have some pretty exciting players, but they suck. So it's like, this you can't win. <laughs> you just, you can't win. The only thing we can really embrace is the fact that the Texas Rangers are just sodden, drenched piss babies. Um, before we talk about like the Blue Jays soup du jour, um, the, that this is in, in the face of all this is this Fernando Tatis thing that's been going on, which is, um, just been so stupid, obviously. Uh, it's one of the things that's stupid about it is it is, is the, what happened online and what happened in the larger discourse is exactly what's going to happen here, where it's three people who are like stepping all over themselves to agree. Like, you're right. They <laughs> should swing three. No, the hell they should. They should swing every pitch. They should swing four. No, in the middle of an intentional walk. Like we all know what we're going to say, but at the same time, the, any opportunity to make the Rangers sound stupid, I'm all for. Yeah. Well presented. I think that's absolutely <laughs> correct. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think anybody, uh, is going to puff out and say anything negative about that. And I think, you know, I, I, I pretty quickly suffered from fatigue of people like tripping over themselves to say that, uh, you know, obviously if you don't want that to happen, don't fall out behind 3-0, don't fall behind a bunch of runs and don't throw a cookie down the middle. Uh, I think we can all pretty much agree to those fundamental things. Uh, that's, that's 2020. That's, it's totally fine. Um, yeah, it, it also didn't like, I feel like I was supposed to maybe get upset more that, that the Rangers do, do feel that way. I, I, you know, it's sure, it, you know, I, I, whatever, whatever lets the Rangers, uh, soil themselves and get themselves, uh, fed up to get spanked again the next day and again the day after that. I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever works to make those beatings feel like they were emotionally charged, uh, you go ahead and you get yours. But, uh, yeah, it, it meant very little to me. You, you, you know, I think, it's hard if you if you're a baseball fan at all. I think most baseball fans, period, really like Tatis Jr. because he's, as you mentioned, there's very few fun things that the league allows you to have, and and he is one of them. And that's probably why it's been such a visceral backlash is because he is one of the like identifiably fun players. Uh, I think that is a big part of it. Yeah, I, it doesn't hurt that we're all you know we're living on Twitter and not say in like the Facebook. The Toronto Blue Jays groups or whatever. What, I forget what the one that stole a bunch of content was. Uh, your maybe, your yeah, Blue Jays Nation? Wasn't that what right. it's called? Something like that, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, because that's where all the old cranks live. So they might have had a different reaction. But, yeah, it was it was just so overwhelmingly, like, nobody supporting uh, Woodward or Jace Tingler or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, which was, which was, you know, the worst part of it, right? Like, just you know, Tatis having to apologize for anything, and his manager not being like, "What the fuck, Rangers? That's, you're being ridiculous." The one thing about this uh, quasi controversy upon that is built on no one opposing it is that this, the whole idea of swinging on three and zero is like a really nuancy, like really in the weeds thing that the Facebook. You know, aunties and the the racist uncles who are on your like they don't fucking know if if <laughs> if, if, if some if if Bobby Shet swings three zero hits a grand slam against your team or if if it's say Raphael Devers swings three zero and hits a home run when the when the Blue Jays are up seven like they're just like pissed off because he hit a home run they didn't fuck care what count it is no one's paying that close attention it's when that when the Rangers the manager Chris Woodward former Blue Jay goes out there in his diaper and he's like oh the bee bit my bottom now my bottom's big and then everyone. 
everyone else is like, shut up, you idiot. That's when it, the pylon becomes. Because otherwise, it just been, it would have been like, hey, you hit a home run. You hit a grand slam because your pitchers are shit because they play for the Rangers. So, I don't know. I feel like it was it was so um, uh, such a small thing that became an easy thing to like demonstrate your um, credentials as a non-shitty crank. In the it, end, yeah, yeah. In it's the also, end, we're all cranks. A little bit. But it's also like, I mean, I know it took, it took several innings, but the Jays <laughs> erased an eight-run lead the other day, right? Like, I think that's the other thing that people have been saying. It's like, what, seven runs is not, not really necessarily that big a lead these days. Seven uh, runs when everything is a home run or not, it's nothing. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it's – anyway, you're right. So we were talking about – Fernando Tatis Jr., who is the uh, shortstop for the San Diego, San Diego Padres, um, son of a former uh, big leaguer, Fernando Tatis, former Expo. Um, but the actual best son of a former big leaguer who is a shortstop in the big leagues plays with the Blue Jays. His name is Bo Bichette, and he was off to a hell of a start to the season. Uh, and now he's hurt, and he has a bad knee, and he's going to miss a few weeks. And boy, oh boy, does that suck. That's all there is. That's all I have to say. I don't know. It really is what, about what, it. Because yeah. now in, in the, that is about <laughs> it. Were, I, I made some crack about not being the, about the Oscar being the bright spot. And people were like, ah, Boba Shet. And then he went bananas and hit everything for a week. And I was like, oh, right. Of course, he's very, very good. And now he's out. And it's, you know, that, that, what's that exciting thing? Uh, you know, Boba Shet has, which Vlad Guerrero Jr. still has too, which is that you kind of count how many at bats until they're coming to the plate. And that's, that's fun to have as a fan. And when you're watching, you're like, oh boy, really hope that Bo gets the chance to hit this inning. Really hope that Vlad gets a chance to hit this inning. You're going to see something. They're going to, something's going to happen. Um, uh, and now that's missing. And also he's hurt and you never want like to see that. So sh- it's just a shitty situation from which there is no positive to draw. Do you want me to you want me to just do a, a take the opposite just for just for first take? <laughs> like I'll just do it, even though I don't believe in it. You know I respect Bobachette. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, Bobachette's growth is the most important thing for the Blue Jays this season. But you gotta see what you have in Santiago Espinal. And you gotta get your at bats <laughs> worth from Joe Panic, and you gotta see. If there's anything left in that bat for Brandon Drury. So <laughs> let's not be so hasty as to say that this ends the whole. And listen, 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 I'll say it. You know, they went into Baltimore and what'd they do? They, they swept him. They without swept him. So maybe, you know, maybe he's part of the problem. Why none of the young players can focus? <laughs> Why nobody can run the bases? Because Bo is uh, hogging all the headlines with his. They see him flashy. They play. see him running the running the bases like a crazy person, and they don't have the talent to do it. But they're trying to emulate him, and they pay the price. Now you put Santiago Espinal in there, and suddenly the defense is a little bit tighter. Suddenly the bases are getting run a little more. You know, you know, and a, a pro like Brandon Drury, one of the best third basemen in the league, I'm told. Uh, you know, oh boy. this is. Uh, you know, so, you, he's in league, as you said, he's in league with guys like John McDonald up there with with some of the best infielders the Jays have had through the system. So, you know, let's not jump all over. No bow means we are hopeless. That I think I think they're a positive team, positive winning record without Bo Bichette. How was that? That's that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I could have used a few more slurs here and there if you had the opportunity next time just to drop them in. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure which. I don't know exactly which ones to use. So it's hard. Just, just use them all, you know, spray and pray. Spray and pray when it comes to Get slurs. my Tom Brenneman on. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so uh, 
there's no replacing a player as good as Bo Bichette. Well, obviously, it's great to see the Blue Jays go in and beat the Orioles, who are dog shit. Uh, but boy, I Santiago Espinal has proven to be something of a odd little lightning rod. Um, not a great player. Uh, there's a guy named Chris who I've engaged with for years and years on Twitter, uh, who is a cool dude, and he has got it out for Santiago Espinal. He hate, doesn't hate him, but he's like, nope. Not not any of this. This nope, Santiago Espinal is the same guy as, as Joe Panic, but it seems like there's a lot of like um, hope that's been hung on Santiago Espinal. I think the fact that he's a like a shortstop at least is a start. Um, Brandon Jury, bless him, uh, really, 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 really can't hit. I, I posted that that uh, that stat of a career as a Blue Jay, and it's like he is on level with John McDonald and Ryan Goins in terms of his offensive contribution. And while some may try to poke holes in Ryan Goins' uh, defensive prowess, uh, he was really good, I think, defensively. He was a really good second baseman, fine at shortstop. John McDonald is a legend for good reason. Uh, and then there's Brandon Jury, who looks good in the uniform. Uh, so I think, uh, it, I think his StatCast page looks good, too. I think that's, you know, he's one of those guys that they, they seem to quite enjoy. Boy, he can't uh, you know, No, but when he does, <laughs> when he does put the bat on the ball, it goes kind of fast. So Where are they getting the data from? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time here being like, how much should we believe in San Diego Espinal? But I, it's not difficult to see the appeal of a young player who could potentially be, you know, a a guy who a offers something a little bit different than everybody else in the lineup in that he's kind of a slap hitter and not a guy with a ton of power and maybe can play shortstop. Um, but, but he's just kind of filling the role for now. They don't have depth. They don't have a real, another real shortstop. So he's hopefully maybe kind of it. Maybe I'm, I'm cynical. I just don't really want to watch a lot of Joe panic anymore. Hey, I got no, I got, I got love for Joe panic. Joe panic turned one of my favorite, the most impactful double plays I've ever seen in my entire life. Like truly one of the great double plays of all time. Game seven of the World Series. Incredible. He's cooked. He can't hit at all. He looks so rough up there. He and Brandon Jury is proving every day that despite his uh, despite his his uh, stat cast numbers, he's not hitting. So I don't know. Let us let's go Espinal. I know Stoughton, you've got a whole thing. <laughs> you have got this you've got it in for this guy. You think he's the one. I certainly don't quite think that but no i think i, I think he's a really interesting <laughs> player and yeah he i mean it's absurd that they would be even contemplating playing joe panic or, or brandon jury at this point i, I mean it's yeah it, it it's again it's a weird season obviously i mean uh, that that goes without saying but um, so i can maybe give panic a little bit of a break but it's like a thousand plate appearances since he was like anything but dog shit at the plate uh Drury, I I just looked it up because I know Eno wrote about him uh over the winter about us uh, being a stat cast darling and I think it was it says highest launch angle and barrel rate of his career last year. So he kind of slid in uh to the, the I think it was a I think it was bat X is what he used. It's like a it's it's a, a stat. What, a, what? Where are we getting this 2019 Brandon Drury was actually good data? That's it's enough. Crazy. I, I don't know. know what's wrong with the league. That is enough. That is enough. Well, he's I think it was good compared to previous Brandon Drury, which you know, okay, <laughs> that I guess yeah. I get, but he was still terrible. Not, and, yeah. Yeah, uh, not the I, measurement of replacement player. He was not good compared to that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think the Jays do like Espinal though, and and, uh, and and just it sort of is confounding that they would start games uh, with Joe Panic at short because I mean that's just it's not his position, and you're you're giving up 
a lot just to do what I don't I don't necessarily know you know just to have just to be nice and like keep the veteran guy that you kind of like in the room happy enough you know give, give him some playing time it's like I don't know if that is a net positive for the team uh, but no I'm not I'm not like Espinal is going to be anything but uh, I don't, he's got he's, you know, he could be something that's the, <laughs> that's my equivocating on it he could be not nothing. Which yeah, is he the could, yeah, highest he could be, praise you can offer. Like, I don't think anyone thinks he's a regular, like an everyday player. But but look, this is a team. This is a team that is in the playoff hunt. And that means it's time to throw all the babies out with the bathwater. Like, there is, we're taking no prisoners. Brandon Drury thrown overboard. We need to lighten the load. They are charging towards October. And at the helm of the ship is Santiago Espinal. I think that's what Stone just said in as many words. <laughs> It's time. This is this the is, time. This is the, it's, it's not the try league. It's the get things done league. And that's what Santiago Espinal is here to do. This is Santiago uh, Espinal's team, speaking, you know? Yeah. Send tweet. <laughs> speaking of heartbreaking injuries, boy, Nate Pearson uh, just doubling down. Just one bad piece of news after another. So Nate Pearson has not gone off to a great start in as a professional uh, at the major league level, which is unfortunate because he sure is fun to watch. It looks like all the pieces fit. He throws hard and he wipes, throws a wipeout slider and a nasty changeup. Um, but it just really hasn't clicked so far uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays playing in Buffalo and beyond. And now, uh, after his last start, which was particularly rough, he gave up, I believe, three home runs and walked uh, another three or four individuals. Uh, then he was placed on the disabled list with uh, elbow tightness, I believe was the official diagnosis from uh, Dr. Injured List and Dr. P- Blue Jays Media Relations team, which fucking sucks. I'm hopeful, as I said on Twitter, that it is just a, bat, a bout of right arm shittiness where it's like we need to get him the fuck away from the game for a little <laughs> while and let him like figure some stuff out and just sort of take a break, throw a couple extra bullpens and, and just rest. Uh, because he looks like he has no clue where the ball's going uh, often. And it's not what I uh, signed up for when I said, hey, make the good guy go pitch. Um, I expected it to be good. So I, I don't know. Uh, that's a major, a major dent in the Blue Jays' uh, pursuit of playoff glory. But uh, at the same time, he wasn't pitching well, so it's not like it's, they're really going to miss him at this, at, uh, at this current juncture. Uh, Stoughton, I wonder if you could diagnose Nate Pearson's uh, downfall. Yeah, this season's over, and it's well, it's the it's the, it's the right arm shittiness, like you say. Mm-hmm, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, and you know, I ne- I never know how you know we we joke about that, but it does seem like clearly there are times when guys are placed on the DL because it's like, yeah, go go miss a couple starts, and and what you know they're. They will tell you, you know, they're all they're hurting all the time in various ways. There are many ailments, especially when you're, you know, hucking the ball fucking 100 miles an hour. Uh, I'm sure that, it, you know, I, I, that's obviously not easy on your body. So I, I don't want to downplay the potential seriousness of it because you always hate to hear, you know, elbow anything with a pitcher. Uh, but, yeah, I, they, they don't seem to be especially concerned. I'm not sure they would like be sounding alarm bells, even if they're, you know, even if they were hearing them themselves, but yeah, I couldn't throw strikes and that, that could entirely, it could be a physical thing, which is, uh, which is more scary than it's just like, okay, giving him a little breather here. Uh, but also he's, he's learned and he, he learned in, in 
Boston, and I'm sure he's learned in the rest, you know, his his time in the minor leagues. Like you, you can't you can't work <laughs> like middle middle. Like you know, you have a great fastball, but it just that isn't going to work. So you know, he's perhaps been forced more so than facing you know, minor league hitters, which he only you know he only played what he had three starts at AAA. Like he he's never really faced a real advanced hitters and has probably been able to get away with things more than than uh, he has so far in his big league career, which might make you, you know, understandably uh, just try trying to work the edges more and try uh, which which when you're not quite right or when you're young and don't have, you know, the the command just yet, uh, a lot of walks are going to happen. And that seems to be what we're seeing. So who knows? I, I hope that it's just a short stint and then he's back and then looks like the guy that we uh, we thought he was. But the, the other thing is, like, you know, we're, we're all sitting here watching Vlad. We kind of are a little bit perhaps cynical to the, you know, the Uber prospect showing up like fully formed as a superstar. Like, I guess, I, I guess there's only so many Tatises in the world. There are so only so many Tatises. And I'm glad you brought up Vlad Guerrero's struggles because that's really what I think we need to round out this episode is just more misery and more whining and complaining about the players on the team who aren't performing to our expectations, let alone their own. Uh, he, he's looked um, a little better lately, though, no? Has he? Has he? No, he's had, so. he had a few good swings and then he's kind of and then it kind of went away again. Uh, we don't. We talked a little bit with Caitlin last week about the the lack of the lower the lower half and and that uh, in that uh, there's a thread that kind of showcased that it looked like he was not really driving off his back leg as much. But again, we're just dummies looking at videos on Twitter. We're not um, actual hitting coaches and people who can who can make those kinds of broad proclamations with you know gained and experience knowledge and and, and life experience as a as a person who studied the art and science of hitting uh i, I don't know zoots are you worried that the, the injury is is more is serious or are you putting all of your stock into uh, right arm shittiness at this current moment in time i think i think pearson and even before the injury i think he was he's sort of a good example uh to me like i know in my own sort of thought process of like sometimes when we go on there and we bitch and bitch about service time and and we're like it's so obvious that he's obviously ready and he's obviously gonna like sometimes you know like this season he probably could have used a month pitching against guys that aren't the very best hitters in the world like it it, it, it's so easy to and vladdy is another example of we just wouldn't stop hammering them about like 100 he needs to be up right now i know because i'm a fucking guy who looks at the stats on triple a milb.com and i look at the videos of only his good hits and i don't like there has to be a little bit of of understanding that like you know maybe a little bit that there is some need for that minor league seasoning and and yes it, it is hard to see especially when you know, the other boy has a balloon. The other team has Acuna, <laughs> and the other team has Soto, and the other team has Tatis, and, and yada yada yada. The other boys have all the good, but like, you know, there's something to that development system, and really getting these guys at a spot—not just that they're dominating, but that they are improving from the April to August. And I talked to Jesse Goldberg Strassler, the voice of the Lansing Lugnuts, uh, single A, and he was talking about the, the the big thing that he takes away from minor league seasons isn't just the guys show up and are super talented. It's that they show up and they get adjusted to and they continue to grow. And not that it's a bad thing that that Pearson and Vladiv both went through every minor league system absolutely destroying everybody they faced. 
But the reality is that very few guys come along and don't hit struggles. It, the league, the person you said it yourself, you're learning. You, you can throw 104. If, if you don't throw it where it needs to be, major league hitters are going to hit it. So I think it, it does sort of call to mind that, especially with Pearson, we're talking about a guy who's making his fourth and fifth major league starts. Like it, it's really early in the line here, but I have to hold out hope that the injury is is just that he needs to step away a little bit and and maybe not be the number two guy in the rotation right away. Maybe he comes back and they can use the elbow injury as uh, maybe he needs to be a bullpen guy right now and just get a feel for facing major league hitters. Like I think having him in there right away and even in Buffalo last year, he was only throwing, you know, handfuls of innings here and there. You know, very good pitchers have come into this league and started as relievers. I'm not – I wouldn't be surprised if if part of this injury is – getting him a little rest, getting him a little more confident, getting him in a spot where in his bullpen sessions he's throwing accurately and then get it, bringing him in to be a two-inning guy and, and sort of having that slot in the rotation be something that you have three or four guys right now in that bullpen that are basically what we think are guys who should be starters that are that are pitching extended innings. You can, you can build a day out of those guys if you have Pearson involved and you're not using them every other six game that week. So I, I think a part of it is just getting him a little bit of rest. I hope that is. I think I think if you're hoping to enjoy the rest of the season, you have to be sort of telling yourself that this isn't that big a deal. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised, as as I think Dan Schulman said today on the on the game, that he wouldn't be surprised if they come back with him as a reliever. And I don't think I would either. So here's my thing. I don't know that I agree that he would have needed – seasoning because if these if the situation that that he has been in because it's not always that he's been getting hit hard it's that he's had no fucking clue where the ball was going and it's had he's had no either faith or ability to command and control even not even command but control like even throw bad strikes with his with his fastball then he'd be getting pounded right which is what we see sometimes because he loses the zone so utterly and so completely that what we'll see is that he just aims like instead of throwing 97 98 he like seems to aim 94 right down the middle like please be a strike and then that might get hit hard because if if, the, if this was a thing that he had no command at all, he wouldn't have put up the numbers that he that he would have put up. He wouldn't have been blowing away uh, minor leaguers, and he wouldn't have had scouts and people with skin in the game being like he can pitch in the game in the big leagues today. He would have been more like a Brandon Morrow, maybe who was like his stuff was overpowering. If he can harness it, they can then they rush him to the big leagues, even though he walked like eight guys per nine innings in the minor leagues, and then he sort of figured it out over time. That wasn't who he was. And not, not only that, we're seeing a guy who, again, no, no clue where his fastball is going, no faith in it, no command that he was throwing that I, I talked about. I think I talked about it last week that Francisco Cervelli at that where he just threw like four sliders in a row. It's 3-0 and he's throwing slider to Francisco Cervelli. Like what the fuck? And the same, there was Cedric Mullins, that, that, uh, you know, very speedy sort of, uh, not a guy known for a lot of power on, on the Orioles. He's just throwing him like these bullshit sliders and all these weird, like, pitchers counts. Just fucking let it eat, man. Just rear back and <laughs> throw it. But there's something else that's going on. And maybe it's his elbow. And that's a problem. Obviously, mm. you don't want that because the everything else we hear about him is how his head is in the game and he's a really smart thinker. And we had, you know, a doctor, Mike, uh, 
Mike Son on, and he and he he spoke in, in in glowing terms about him, and he knows him. This is it's not bullshit. It's not blowing smoke up his ass. Uh, but either he's not prepared, or he's overmatched, or there's something going on, and that is my concern. That this I, I joked about it being right arm shittiness, but like watching him pitch, there's something else. Because if he was pitching like this in AAA, he wouldn't have been putting up those numbers. The guys in AAA, in particular, where they're a bit more grizzled and they they've seen it all, right? Maybe they just couldn't hit a big league curveball or whatever it was. Um, they're not going to swing at stuff that's, you know, at the, at the screen and like was never a strike at any point from the t- moment that he released it to the time it got to the catcher. Nobody's swinging at that. Right. So maybe that that would work in like low A when you, when he's a man among boys, as they say in, um, in Vancouver, but like through spring and even in, into that Red Sox start when, you know, he lost his fastball a little bit and then he got it back and then he was dominant. He's not been that at all. And I don't know that it's been about development. I think it's something else. All right. I don't think it's something else. I think it could well be something else. I don't know what it is, but I think it could yeah. well be something else because the way that he's pitching is not someone who's like, I need to learn how to do this, man. It's like, I'm, making it up as I go along because something is there's a missing piece here yeah for yeah, what it's, he, for what it's worth those same evaluators said Vladdy had an 80 grade bat so I mean <laughs> what are we really talking about but but I was I was gonna say yeah he threw 101 uh innings 101 and two-thirds innings last year walked 27 guys uh that's pretty good like is it? that's just yeah he's yeah he's just clearly not yeah the, the, the guy we've seen so far would not have been capable of limiting the walks to 27 over 100 innings. Uh, he's got 12 so far in 16 big league innings. It's a little scary. It's a little scary because it could be anything. It could be, uh, you know, if his, if his confidence has been shaken because he got, has gotten hit hard from, from time to time. But uh, you hope that uh, that, uh, that that command will come back. You hope that a, a little bit of a shake it off, shake, shake off the rust get his head right, whatever it might be, he'll come back and be better than ever and be the guy that he can obviously be. Again, even in that the start against the Nationals, he, he pitched so well. Uh, uh, so there's no reason he can't be that guy unless, of course, there's a reason he can't be that guy. So hopefully the, 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 we get good news. We get good news. He gets good news on his uh, on his elbow and the tightness is just uh, shittiness and then they can shake that all out and then off he goes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds ideal. Yeah, uh, that sounds ideal. Is it time to complain about Charlie Montoyo? Should we do that again this week? <laughs> I mean, it's gonna. I mean, we could probably every week from here out. I think is probably gonna have some <laughs> reason to do that. I feel like we should limit it to an hour. We should, we should make it like a little bit. <laughs> we need to get some like a jingle, and it's like, okay, here we go. We've only got a minute to do it this week because otherwise, it could be a full hour every single time. Just make uh, some choices, what, that man. He makes what, some choices. What, what was what was so egregious this week? The way he I intentionally can't. walked Dwight Smith Jr. <laughs> uh, that's not a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely on the list. Uh, I believe he also <laughs> pinch ran for Vlad Guerrero Jr. at one point, which was a little puzzling. Uh, he just does some things. Um, now, maybe that maybe this is the question, uh, and uh, there's no there's no real answer. But I'll ask you, Zoobs. So we spoke earlier about how the Blue Jays have had all these heartbreaking losses. They've lost, they've been in close games, they've made uh, fundamental mistakes, or they've just not been able to get the win, even though they've got a really good uh, relief core in a lot of ways. Is this is this a matter of usage? Is this is this a managerial error, or is it just the way this shit happens? In a it's a sixty game season, they've played however they've played 22, 21 games. Shit has happened. 
Yeah, I think there's I think there's some situations where you look at it and you say that I don't know that that was like I didn't love and it's easy to look at it afterwards and say, well, he was obviously injured. He should have came out. I think the Giles game was one where everyone was like, he clearly doesn't have it. He needs to be uh, saved from himself here. And it ended up with a, with a pretty big injury at the end of that. I think there's been a, a couple, uh, you know, early in the year we had uh, Sam Gavilio pitching high leverage. Um, it, I think it's a bit of mismanagement and a bit of a bit of sort of shit happens because I think they've been in more high leverage spots than they expected to I think is probably another part of it is like you talk about these relievers that you don't want to see in high leverage games and then they're playing a high leverage game four days in a row it's like somebody has to pitch in this in these situations uh when you you know can't let Ryu throw more than 100 throw 100 pitches and uh, you know I think there's a lot of times where they're up a little bit and they cycle through four relievers when they don't have to. It's I've had a lot of minor things, as you say, Drew, it's sort of you get every day, you sort of say something that you're like, well, that was certainly a decision <laughs> that a adult made. Uh, but, but also there's a degree of it as like, you know, I don't think any major league manager should have to tell them to make basic fielding plays and, and not get picked off or like thrown behind or like, you know what I mean? So there's, there's certain things where I think he definitely has, a lot of head shaking moments, and in no way am I saying he has been good because he has not been, and he makes me feel like the freaking turning into the Joker a little bit here and there. <laughs> the clown makeup. <laughs> You're loving the clown memes this week. Poor Zac Efron, not getting enough love. Uh, I, you know, I've been to the show too quickly uh, because the still of him saying I'm going to become the Joker uh, is too funny. Um, but the the original <laughs> of that was Joe Panic DHing, which is like the holy grail of like I. You never, you'll never have an excuse in your life to hit Joe Panic DH in 2020. Not, I don't care. I don't want to hear any context for that game. I don't, I don't, don't even try it. I don't want to hear it. The Blue Jays front office has been preaching the value of depth and they've been working so hard to build depth. And at one point in the game, they had Joe Panic pinch hitting for Brandon Drew. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, uh, Ben Nicholson Smith, who I love, had a great tweet the other day about, they were talking about the replacements possibly for Bichette and he was and Charlie said that they have Groshans and Austin Martin uh at the alternative site that are possible options and also Ruben Tejada so which one do you think is maybe coming up <laughs> there, I was getting all the ready. money I have on Ruben Tejada being the one who breaks with those three I had I had the the white uh, p- uh pancake makeup ready to go the other night when uh, it was in extra innings, and there's Julian Merriweather standing in the bullpen. I'm like, really? This is what we're going to do? We're going to give the guy his first career big league appearance with the winning run of the game standing directly behind him? Like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, sure already did that with Yamaguchi, yeah, right? Twice. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Still. Oh, boy. That, I, that, that alone makes that rule just suck. Uh, I, 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 I don't want, I want it both ways, you see. I don't want you to, to trick up the game, but I also don't want it to be the way that it is. They need to actually like fix it, fix it, but that's not going to happen ever again. That bell, you, as I said, you can't unring it. Uh, but that's, but at the same time, he did the right thing, uh, in that, in that game, last night's game, when Tuesday night's game, Tuesday night's mm-hmm. game, when he left yeah. in, uh, was it Bass? He left him in to finish the game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, bless him. Bless him. And yeah, already, that, only that because he'd already used his 10th inning guy, Sean Yamaguchi, earlier in the 6th <laughs> inning. <laughs> See, some of that, I mean, I, 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 I understand Zoom's view being like, clearly he's bad. We have, like, like, 
you have to make that clear. I don't want to verge too far toward like defending him, but I, I do think some of the usage of the relievers, it was hands have probably been a little tied on you know who's available and who's not, and oh for sure, uh, you know what what you're hearing from the high performance department, and I, I know like the Yamaguchi stuff was ridiculous, but he just very much didn't want to use. Uh, whoever it was, I don't know if it was uh, K for a second straight day, or you know, there. I, I think maybe Hatch came into one of those games, uh, and it was they. They clearly they did not want to do that, but I and that has led to some some games where you know they could be literally in a playoff spot right now had it not been for a bunch of weird shit like that. No, I, and I think uh, even uh, even though I sort of lobbed, lobbed it, lobbied it out there, which is like. Uh, I don't think that there's a lot of criticism that can really be landed his feet for the weird string of losses. Um, he's shown a willingness to just move guys around as they pitch well. He's like, well, you're pitching well. You get to pitch more important parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done so with Jordan Romano, who's been obviously unbelievable. Anthony Bass as well. Uh, and then Barucki, you know, he seems – and Kay, like, you know, John, uh, Anthony K Jonathan Kay, Jesus – Anthony Kay has been effective, but he's still like very much like a sixth inning guy earlier in the game, more mid, mid relief, even though he, he's been excellent. So I think he deserves credit for that. I, that's also easy because there's like been complete turnover from year to year. So there's not like the guy that he's determined to, to grind his bones into dust until he, by letting him just keep running him out there. You know, every manager gets that to kind of fall in love with guys. Uh, we haven't quite seen that. Uh, yet in the in the in the bullpen, not to say he deserves credit for doing saying land or um, earth shattering things like let the good pitchers pitch when it matters, um, but he's done that. So I mean uh, the the most basic of of praise, the most basic things that you can maybe not just have a again. It's we're looking at twenty games and shit happens. Shit happens and it does. It tends to happen all the time. I think that's about it. You know we we got the Charlie slamming in there. We even like left on a higher note. Uh, shout out to, to Randall Gritchick, uh, for hitting the hell out of the baseball and Teoscar Hernandez, whatever, uh, Danny Jansen. <laughs> I, I must, I must say Gritchick. I know we're, I know we're wrapping it up here, but the, some of the stuff Gritchick said, which I quoted in the piece that I did this week on StatCast stuff, like he's, he's a, he's a thoughtful guy. Uh, he clearly, you know, I think he was talking about contact points and saying, oh, some of the better hitters are, you know, are, you see where they're making contact and it's deeper in than when he, you know, than him. He said he was. I'm just out. You know, I've been trying to go get it, and that's, you know, it, it's obviously, uh, I don't know, something that he's that he's thought about, and he's been playing around with the with you know his approach and mechanics and and trying to uh, try to get the best out of himself, and you know, for a week at least, it looked like it's working. Good for him. So, uh, good for him. Yeah. I, I think that is re- reflected across the league. We've seen. We see and continue to see just absolutely nutty opposite field home runs. It's really, that's one of the things that I have a hard time adjusting to is seeing a ball that does not look to be struck in a home run ish fashion because of what I'm used to seeing home runs look like. And then it goes out to the opposite field and, and I, I just shake my head and blame the baseball when obviously this is something that, especially as you're talking about that, that players, thoughtful players and, and, they're taking advantage of a all the velocity in the game and b they're just brute strength. They're just such strong freakish beasts these days. What's when when you watch games on MLB TV or uh, and you just see these people because they the people that pick the ha- highlights are all fucking Mets fans who live in New York. So it's just one Pete Alonso home run after another when you're watching a game <laughs> on MLB TV. But some of them are so stupid. 
just absurd home runs to like right left center right center field and right field and it's not a, it's not uncommon the home run derby last year was insane so take advantage of that you know get on that train if you're when you're they're all strong if you got power and you can not try to be be out out, uh, out front and trying to get everything on out in front of the plate if you can still hit for power and drive the baseball when you're letting it get deep or whatever you want to say awesome uh it looks so far like an adjustment that's paid off uh you know you'd like to see some other guys on the team maybe make a similar adjustment or make any kind of adjustment at all whatsoever to figure out why <laughs> how it is that they keep getting you the fuck out but no 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 yeah so shout out to randall gritchick and uh and ryan baraki i hope he gets a start again i don't know I mean, is that crazy is, is or is he doomed to being good in the bullpen he might just be too good like to let start again like he uh, that statcast piece I, I think i quoted it on twitter too like he's like the elite of the elite in terms of like expected batting average, expected slugging, you know, uh, exit velocity, hard hit percentage, all sorts of stuff. There's strikeout rate, whiff rate. Like he is in like the hundredth or 99th percentile of like of everybody, you know, on in all those categories right now. It's, uh, uh then maybe let him real try, good. Maybe let him try to get 18 guys out then in a row rather than 18 guys out a month. Not opposed to it. But start. but you but you wonder you wonder if it's one of those like Osuna style things. But I think especially also you know he has had uh, you know trouble staying healthy. So maybe they'll maybe that will add to their decision as well. Fair Either enough. way, you gotta you gotta love what what you're seeing from him right now. Absolutely, Zoobs, tell us about Sportsfeld and where the people can hear it and what's been going on with uh, the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's good to have sports back. We're able to talk about sports. Uh, we have a robust offering. We do. Uh, we just recorded our weekly show before I recorded this one. So it comes out Thursday morning at Sportsfeld, any, anywhere you get podcasts as well. Uh, we do a Sunday show on Twitch now. At, after the Blue Jays game, we do a Blue Jays post game. And then we talk about the Raptors as well because they are in the playoffs. Uh, and anything else that comes up, a lot of a lot of Dame Lillard lately. And then people who subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Sportsfeld. I do a Blue Jays show. Every single Sunday night uh, comes out Monday morning. It's called Blue Monday. It is just me talking to myself for 55 minutes to an hour. Uh, I love hearing my own voice, so I love the show. Uh, so, <laughs> but no, we have all kinds of stuff as well. Uh, you get the you get the weekly Blue Monday podcast. Uh, we do a look back series, which was super cool before sports went away, and then everybody did look back series with the actual players involved in the games. But still, we continue to do those uh, going forward. Those come out on Fridays, and every month you get a mailbag episode because people like to ask us questions that aren't about sports because we're not actually that smart. So. Uh, this mailbag stuff becomes a pretty big hit as well as you get into the discord which is like a it's like a message board old school that we're frequent in uh that is a excellent distraction and you get all kinds of stuff so sportsfeld stronger than ever i would i would dare to say awesome sportsfeld check it out zoobs jay goldsby talking about uh sports and uh, nothing and sad and music and uh, stoughton what have you got going on uh this week over at the athletic here at the athletic where you uh, apply your trade Right. I mean, uh, I, as I mentioned, I had that Statcast piece up er, er, earlier uh, in the week. I've got a mailbag of my own coming up, which I think is to drop on the weekend, and then uh, covering some games. Blue Jays playing, uh, uh, playing or played, depending on where you, when you're listening to this. Uh, Double header against the Phillies, and then immediately went uh, went to Tampa, or maybe went back to Buffalo for Tampa. I'm not actually sure. Um, yeah, just going to be uh, writing about that stuff. But uh, but yeah, if you can find the link 
uh, it'll be on the Athletics uh, Blue Jays page. You can drop in a question for the mailbag. Uh, same with same as with Zoobs. You know, it's uh, I'm out here uh, not being very smart, and and the mailbag really helps because I can just <laughs> sort of sit back and not have to plumb the depths of my brain for things. It's nowhere uh, nowhere anybody needs to be in the depths of yeah. your own brain. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, check out Sportsfeld if you haven't already. Uh, if you do subscribe to The Athletic, which I assume you do, if you're listening to this, you should continue to read Stoughton as you uh, inevitably do listening to this. And you can also um, read the Vlad Guerrero newsletter when that happens. Uh, it would be nice if you got, could stick like three or four days of good together because then I would be like, yeah, motivated to write because I, I start kicking ideas around. And then it's like, oh, for four, with four ground outs. Oh, for four, with four ground outs. Two ground outs, two strikeouts. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen this week. That's just something I don't want to touch. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a little dispiriting at times. I guess I is how I would describe it. Who knew I bit off more than I can chew? That uh, <laughs> that almost always happens. Uh, Mr. Zuber, thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate every single time you come on. You make every show better. Oh, no, thank no, you, fellas. No cap, as they say. <laughs> I can't believe it. You, when you said it, people have been talking and listening to this for ten years. I did a quick stock and i was like damn that is absolutely accurately true 2010 should not be 10 years ago 2010 should not be 10 years ago it's almost 10 years that that when stoughton and i first started working together so like we were all in the in the internet mines 10 years ago easily we were two years deep (laughs) two or three years deep 10 years ago uh and now here we are uh i have And and two of the blue jays seasons have actually been okay (laughs) (laughs) the crazy thing for me is all of the players that so the 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 shift towards younger men men managing uh in sports has like really messed with my mind a little bit too because players who were like not not long out of the league are like 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 andrew bailey i remember i remember the andrew bailey for jj reddick trade jj reddick josh reddick trade discourse and now andrew bailey is a (laughs) pitching coach in san francisco like he wasn't even he it's not that long he's been out of the game and then in soccer it's insane frank lampard is the manager of one of the biggest clubs in the world he retired like three years ago I don't, it's crazy. It blows my mind. It makes me feel a thousand years old because they used to be, you'd have to like, you know, earn your stripes a little bit and like work your way up through the coaching ranks. Now as you just, you want, you coach dirty manager Derby County. And next thing you know, you're managing fucking Chelsea. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And Steven Gerrard is the manager of Rangers, which is different than in Parks' version of uh, football manager where Steven Gerrard was managing Ajax for a while, much to the chagrin. (laughs) Parks had to fire him and hire himself again as I, (laughs) according to our (laughs) G-Chat conversation recently. I thought I thought Zoobs I could keep the video games out. Now I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to ask like, what, what are you grinding this week? I, I've, you, I've been a little I've been a little out of it. The the search to rejoin the workforce has uh, you're not going to believe this. Less time to sit around playing video games. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, and I sort of I sort of like last time we talked, I was playing so much Call of Duty Modern Warfare that I like think I <laughs> I think I sort of burnt that down to like not really caring if i play it anymore the the championships mm. in the league is this weekend so i will I'll, I'll check that out but um bit of a break as i prepare to do work during the day as opposed to play video games three feet away from my journalist wife who is telling stories on a national stage 
Uh, <laughs> I had the internet convince me to get MLB The Show 20, and uh, I don't know why I did because I hate it. I like I, I I'm scared actually that I'm uh, I'm turning into an old man. I was just like, this game is just not fun because it's too hard. Like what what who is this for? That they just want to constantly be mad at their baseball game after being mad all day at their baseball team. What am I doing? You are speaking my language. I bought the show and have all but abandoned it. Just what am I doing? It's not even can't fun. Can't even be bothered. It's not fun. It's not <laughs> fun. Uh, that said, Apex Season 6 dropped yesterday, and uh, I am uh, – it's a problem. It's a real <laughs> – it's a real problem. Anyway, Andrew Zuber, thank you so much. Andrew Stoughton, thank you so much. My name is Drew Fairservice. That is it, just Drew. There's no end. So we're not three white guys with the exact same name taking this whole podcast thing to its illogical conclusion. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we want to say thank you for listening to Birds All Day. <laughs> <laughs>